If you have a Bible with you today, turn to the Gospel of Matthew. We will be in Matthew chapter 4, looking at the first 11 verses of Matthew chapter 4. I want to read them for us, and, and then we'll begin this morning. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Heavenly Father, we come again and we ask that as this passage is read, as this passage is is spoken, Lord, You would change us. Every single one of us in this room, God, we all are tempted. We're tempted. We're tempted every day. We we are tempted in so many different directions, so many different ways that we just think it's life. And, And it's not just life. It is an enemy bringing about a battle plan against you and against us, your children. God, may we see this this morning. May we see the attacks in a in a new way, in a different way, in such a way, God, that it, Lord, it, we would be reminded, we would see them coming, those attacks, the fiery darts of your enemy. God, I ask that you would speak this morning, and I ask that you would do it for all of us in the room. May we grasp the magnitude, the weight of these moments. 
We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know if you've ever found yourself standing out in the, in the ocean and waves that you thought were pretty tame were about to knock you over. Waves that, that looking at them from the beach, it's as if, oh yeah, I've, I've, I've seen those before. Yep, been there, done that, and I want to get out there in the middle of it. And as you do, or as you did, those waves, they just kept coming. Those waves that looked non-threatening from the shore feel as if they are about to take you out. And then, hopefully this hasn't happened to you, and then in the middle of the next wave, you see a shadow that has a fin. And that shadow is coming right at you. You know those waves in that story are or really what we think about temptation. When I, when I think of temptation, I think of, of that, that picture that is there. It is, it is something that we think we can handle. And on the surface, we think that we've got it. Sure, it's temptation. If it wasn't tempting, it wouldn't be temptation. Amen? But, but we think that we can handle those temptations. But what we don't see, and I believe that we can see this morning, and I pray that every single one of us does see, that we do see, that it's not just the surface that we have to deal with. But underneath the surface, there is an enemy, and he desires to take you and me out. So, let's look at this passage. And as we look at this passage, my prayer is that you and I would see that temptations come, but you and I also need to know that there is more than surface matters that occur. First point this morning, we've got two points. We've got the surface, the first point, surface. Temptations cover all different angles of a person. In this passage, there are three temptations that are spoken of. In this passage, in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew's account of Jesus being tempted, there are three temptations that Satan brings at Jesus. And in those three temptations, there is a dialogue that goes between Jesus and Satan and Satan and Jesus. And as this dialogue unfolds, there are answers to the fight of this temptation. So let's look at the three temptations. And I want us to see them on the surface before we go a little deeper. The first temptation that comes at Jesus, I have titled it as physical appetites or desires. Physical appetites or desires. Look there in Matthew's gospel again. It states these words, 
Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We'll get to that in just a few moments. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Not after fasting 40 minutes, he was hungry. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. And then the first temptation comes. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Think about last week. Think about this past weekend, Friday night, Friday, Saturday, and maybe even this morning. Were you tempted with physical desires and appetites? Physical desires and appetites. Jesus fasted for 40 days. And the first temptation that Satan brings at him is the obvious one. Jesus, you're hungry. There's some stones. Jesus, you are God. You are able to turn those stones into bread, so why don't you do it? There's some stones. If you're God's son, do it. In this temptation, Satan wanted Jesus to take him up on his offer, to take him up on this temptation. But but even more, there was a point of Jesus going against what God had for him on the top, veiled in this temptation. Physical desires are temptations for us in that they are such that that all have to find victory. You and me, we have to find victory over them on a daily basis. You think about it for a second. Let me give you a personal illustration. The other day I was in Dollar General for like the 47th time for the week. Not this week, just kidding. But but the other day I was in Dollar General. And... And as I was in Dollar General, I was there for some cleaning supplies, and I walked by a temptation, a 620-calorie temptation, a fresh hostess honey bun. And it was a temptation. Why? It was a temptation because I love honey buns. I love cinnamon. Anything cinnamon, dessert, write my name on it. Yep, that's good stuff. It's a temptation because I've had plenty of them before. And I've enjoyed pretty much every one I've ever had. Even the stale ones. I mean, yeah. But I walked by it. And you know what my first thought was? That's a temptation. 
Why? Because that's not the first time I've ever walked by a hostess honey bun. I have a physical appetite. Just to let you know, end of the story, I bought it, ate it, loved it. <laughs> I mean, it's full confession, okay? It's all good. I didn't eat lunch, but those five minutes were great. That kind of goes against the point, doesn't it? Every single one of us have physical appetites and desires. Jesus had a physical appetite. After 40 days of not eating, Satan comes at him and says, Hey, here's some stones. Why don't you use yourself? Why don't you use yourself? Everything that is a part of you, why don't you use yourself and change what is there so that you can eat? It's a physical appetite. Every single one of us have these. And by this moment in our lives, you and I know what they are for the most part. The next time I went into Dollar General, I did not go that direction. I went the long way, like like down the medicine aisle to get the items that I needed. Why? Because I knew that there was temptation over on the other side of the store. You and I know our weaknesses. We know what they are. In some of our lives, knowing what those weaknesses are, whether it's a 620-calorie um, honey bun, whether, whether it's uh, that you and I know that there needs to be a filter and a password that is protected and someone else has that password than you on your internet or on your computer so that your surfing, my surfing, might not lead us into deeper temptation of those physical appetites. Or whether it's that you need to go to a cash envelope system for budgeting. You know what the temptation is at this point in your life. But as G.I. Joe does, I believe, truthfully state, knowing is half the battle, it is only half the battle. If you know what those appetites are, now you've got to make a plan and you've got to do something to stop the temptation. How did Jesus... Combat the temptation. I believe he did three things to combat the temptation. All three of these temptations, I believe he did three things. The first is this. He acknowledged that it was temptation when he quoted scripture in the attack. What you and I like to do, I won't put you in the boat. What I like to do, oh, that's not, that's just, that's, that's just a honey bun. That's just Thursday. That's just a movie that came on. We try to find ourselves and we try to whittle away at the temptation to a point that we will say it's really not an attack. It's not a temptation at all. It's just life. It's just the culture that we live in. It is just an average day. If you're going to win the temptation, Brian... If you're going to win the temptation, Riverbend, you and I must acknowledge that there is temptation. Jesus acknowledged that there was temptation in his statements to the tempter. 
Second, he quoted scripture to stop the attack. One of the reasons that I want us to memorize scripture and one of the reasons why the verses that we are memorizing as a body is that they go with the sermons for the month, but also they are verses that you and I can put into practice as our day and our weeks unfold. You need to be reminded that you are salt and light. You need to be reminded as a believer, as a son and a daughter of the king, you need to be reminded that you have a purpose, and that purpose is to shine for him, to be different than those that are around you. So therefore, hey, Brian, pastor, why don't you put in front of your folks Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. I think it's a great idea. I think I'll do that. So the month of May, the month of June, we got those three verses. Are you memorizing them? Jesus combated Satan with this attack, in this attack, with these words. It is written. Question. I would have loved to have seen Jesus take his right middle finger and just thump. Satan, like from the Middle East to like Antarctica. Would you? I would have loved for that to have been the the answer. But I'm also very thankful that he did not. Because I can't thump Satan to Antarctica. You can't thump Satan to Antarctica. But you and I can state scripture to him that will stop the attack. On the surface, Jesus is being tempted and he is combating that temptation in such a way that will stop the attack for him, but will also give you and me a game plan of how to stop the attack for us. There is a physical appetite or desire that is seen in this temptation. But then let's look at a second temptation. Look there in the next verse. Verse number 5 states this, Then the devil took him to the holy city. The devil set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And the devil said to him, Hey, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, on the hands of the angels, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. The second temptation, I have looked at it and thought, all right, what's he getting at? 
What is Satan getting at? How, how can I understand this temptation? And I believe if the first one was physical appetites or desires, this one has to deal with psyche or self and our emotions. This temptation deals with stuff that goes on inside of you. People don't see this. It's stuff. There are temptations coming at you that, that just thoughts are inundating your mind and my mind and we never voice them and we're all thankful that we never voice them but they are coming at you and they're coming at me and that's exactly what is going on with Jesus right here and Satan and Satan says all right I didn't get him with the the very obvious he's been fasting for 40 days there was a physical appetite and a physical desire there for him because he was hungry I know that he was hungry but he didn't fall there so let's go from the outside let's go to the inside for just a moment and Satan takes Jesus to the center of worship he takes Jesus to the center of the culture that he is a part of. Satan tempts Jesus with who he is. Do you see that? In verse number 5, if you are the Son of God. He stated it in the first temptation as well. If you are the Son of God. Turn the stones into bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Because it's written. He's going to command His angels concerning you, Jesus. And they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. In this temptation... Satan focuses Jesus' mind on him. When you and I are tempted in this vein, in this area, in the thoughts and the emotions, it is a slippery slope and one that we often go down even before we realize that we're on this slope. Satan wanted the Messiah to thwart God's powers for Jesus' selfish, temporal, right now, need or want. Let's personalize it for a second. Jesus came here to be the Messiah. Jesus came here to save the world. Jesus... As a person, if he's going to do that, maybe Jesus wanted to be liked. How do you think others look at you? How do you think others treat you? How do you feel when others speak or don't speak the way that you expect them to speak or not to speak? How do, you, how do you react when somebody looks at you in a way that you know is not the way you're expecting them to look? What's your look? Because at that moment, there's something going off in your mind of like, hey, uh, they are not seeing me the way that I know that I need to be seen. 
They're not responding to me the way I know I need to be responding. Maybe it's your kids. They just, here's how it happens at my house. You know, there, there's this uh, comedian at the house, and um, I, I have this joke time, and it's all good. And then it's time to get serious, and then my f- friends, i.e. my two kids, respond to me in a comedian way, and it, it does not go well. Now, now, I can bring the joke. They cannot. Maybe that's happened at your house. Maybe it's, it's at the job site that you should be responded to in this way, yet a coworker is responding to you. Or maybe it's somebody who's under you is responding to you in such a way that is not right. Or how you respond to those that are above you or around you. You are not responding right. Here in this moment... Satan takes Jesus to the center of the worship. He he takes him to the center of the culture, and they are standing above the the temple. And he says, hey, Jesus, make a spectacle of yourself. And in that spectacle, you will draw people to yourself, and God will not allow something to go wrong against you. He will not do it. He'll send his angels, and they will stop you before you hit the ground. But do this, and everybody will love you. You and I must be careful or you and I will fall into this temptation and you and I will fail when it comes our way. Satan used the same verbiage that Jesus did in this second temptation. He says it is written. And he takes two verses of Scripture and he quotes them right back to Jesus. Please don't, under, please don't underestimate the enemy. He knows this. He knows this. He's lived this. He continues to live this moment by moment, day by day. He knows this. And he uses God's Word in this temptation to try to get Jesus to sin. It is written. Do you see Jesus' response there in verse number 7? Jesus said to him, Satan, you don't know God's word. Nope, that's not what he said. Jesus said to him again, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Satan used Scripture. Yes, he took it out of context. Satan uses that Scripture to try to get you to sin, to bring you even more enticed in this temptation. And he does that with Jesus here. And Jesus says, hey, just stop. It's written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Not only do you need to know the Scripture, you need to use the Scriptures And then I put these words, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. If we're trying to understand ourselves, Paul writes these words and says, So if there's 
any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And then he says this. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Do nothing from empty conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only for your own interest, but also the interest of others and have this mind in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Maybe in this temptation, as we think of the emotions and we think of self, Maybe it comes at you this way. Sir, do you always have to be right? Ma'am, do you, do you always have to have the last word in the argument? Flip those. Ma'am, do you always have to be right? Sir, do you always have to have the last word in the argument? This temptation is is a battle inside your mind. How others look at you, how you look at others, how you think others are looking at you and how they respond to you. But the battle, the temptation is on the inside. And finally, on the surface, we see this third temptation. It's that of prominence and of power. After Satan has two strikes against him in these temptations, he takes Jesus to a high mountain, and on that high mountain he says, look around, look around. I will give you all of this. I will give you all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory if you will bow down and worship me. Again, Jesus does not say you don't have the authority to do that. Those aren't yours because Scripture states for a season He is the Prince of this world. For a season, for a time, He is roaming to and fro, seeking whom He may devour in this world because He is the Prince of this world at this time. But Jesus said to him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. This one is the sneakiest of them all. This one takes that second temptation and it fleshes it out in the physical world because you think you are better than you truly are. You think that others around you should just get in step with you, sir, ma'am. This temptation takes the internal and takes it to the external. With all three examples of the temptations of Jesus, Satan desired Jesus to take the matter in his own hands, in his own time, in his own effort,
because it wasn't just a surface thing. We need to see the action and the activity that goes on beneath the surface. So let's do that very quickly this morning. Not only do we see the surface, but we also see the depths. The battle of good and evil rages on. To understand this, we need to kind of go back to to the chapter before. Because in chapter 4, verse 1, it states this. Matthew says these words, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What goes before then? Well, you've got to go back to what took place in chapter 3. In chapter 3, verses 13 through the end of the chapter, verse 17, Jesus was baptized. And at the baptism, here's what happened in verse number 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven stated, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Then the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. On the surface, there are three distinct, different temptations that come at Jesus. Underneath the surface, Satan was trying to undermine every statement of of, uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Under the surface, Satan was trying to stop, thwart, ward off, turn, move the kingdom of Almighty God and the actions and His words of His Son. At the baptism, God said, I'm proud of you. At the baptism, he said, I'm your son. I am proud of you. You are beginning to come to this place. From this place, you are, you are focusing on the cross, the reason that you've come. You are the substitute, the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation, not just for these, but for the whole world. God the Father and God the Spirit witness the baptism and they approve it with flying colors. And Satan looks back at that and seeks to unravel all those words of acclamation through the temptations. John wrote it this way in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 12. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 12, he says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have now come because the accuser of our brothers has been thrown out. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. They conquered him. They conquered him. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they did not love their lives in the face of death. Therefore, rejoice 
O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Satan tempts Jesus on the surface. Satan tempts Jesus underneath the surface, even in the depths, and he comes at you the same way. He comes at you on the surface hoping that you and I will fall that you and I will sin. But if that doesn't happen from the surface, there is always an undertone of trying to grab you. There's a frontal attack. There's an attack from the side. There's attack from underneath, from even behind. These attacks are coming. And for you and me to sit here and think, all right, I can deal with this myself. He's got you exactly where he wants you. He's got me exactly where he wants me. In the same way that Satan desired to get beneath the surface and attack Jesus. And what he was about and who he was, he desires to do the same with you. So the question is this. Christian, brother, sister, what are you here for? What are you here for? What what are you on this planet for? What is the purpose of your life? The end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus stated, this is the purpose. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The purpose of your life. The purpose of my life, why we are here, what we are to be about is that. So not only do we answer the question of what are we here for, but who are you? You are sons of the king. You are daughters of the king. We are his. We are paid for by his blood. No one, nothing can take us out of his hand. Jesus stated it in John's gospel that nothing can take us out of his hands. He's in the Father's hands and no one can take us out of the Father's hands. So what do we do? How about let's just go about life the same way we did last week. Let's just close it out and let's just go about life the same way we did last week. No. His word just stated that his time is short. His word just stated that he is the tempter. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the one who is the father of lies. And he is coming at you and he's coming at me. So what do we do? We've got to know the attack is coming. You gotta fight the temptation the way that Jesus fought the temptation. He acknowledged that it was an attack. He used scripture. He meditated, memorized God's word. And he also understood that there was more. 
Even as he told Satan to be gone, a couple of chapters later, Satan comes back and tempts him again. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, state that he has been tempted in every way that you and I have been tempted. Even to the point that one of his closest followers at a very pivotal point said, Jesus, there's no way I'm going to let you go do that. I'm not going to let you go to the cross. And he says, Peter, get behind me, Satan. He uses those close to us, family members, to bring about temptation so that you and I might fall. So we've got to know that there are attacks coming. We've got to know how to win the attack. The attack is won through His Word. And then from this passage, what you and I need to be reminded of. One of the highest mountains in Jesus' ministry was at, baptism, at His baptism. The high, one of the highest points was His beginning of ministry. It was a glorious moment to hear His Father say, Well done. To hear His Father say, That's my Son. I, I am proud of him. I approve of what he is doing. That was a high point. Look back at some of your mountain peaks. Let me just ask you, just at 11.14 as I close, as you think of those mountain peaks, how fast was it after one of those mountain peaks that the temptation His time is short. Maybe you haven't been tempted in the last 30 seconds. 30 minutes. His time is short. He has a battle plan and that battle plan is for you not to have victory. If you're already the kings, he said, that's fine. I will fight you this way. You will not have victory today. I'll keep you in sin. I'll tempt you and I will come at you. If you're already the kings, then I'm going to keep you defeated. If you're not the kings, if you're still in this realm, then I'm going to blind you and I'm going to keep everything possible that I can to keep you from becoming his. His time's short. Understand that you're in an attack. You're in a battle right now. And this word, his word, is how you defeat him. Heavenly Father, in 2018 in North Mississippi, Father, I believe it is so easy because of the culture that we find ourselves in, the rhythm of life that we find ourselves in. That your enemy, the accuser, the tempter, the father of lies, has baited the hook so well that we don't even believe or know that there's a hook. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, this week. Thank You for the reminder from Your Word 
that there is a tempter, there is an accuser, there is one who seeks not just to destroy your son Jesus, but to destroy your sons and daughters in this room because he desires to wave us in your face. God, I'm so thankful for a passage of Scripture like 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, that states, if we sin, we know that we have an advocate before the Father. We know that we have an advocate before you, Lord. Jesus the Christ. Jesus, thank you for standing up for me. When when the accuser brings me before the Father, Jesus, thank you for saying, don't, don't put that on him, put it on me. I paid for that. My blood covered that. But Jesus, may I realize that even though you are there and you are an advocate, that you have called me to live holy, separate, on task and on purpose. The reason why I'm here. May all of us this morning, Lord, may all of us, may we understand that there's a surface temptation, but may we also understand that underneath, he, the battle rages until you dismiss the enemy and place him in the fires of hell. Maybe some of you this morning are just being reminded of temptation that's been in your life here lately. Maybe you just need to spend the next few moments as we have a time of response. You just need to spend it exactly where you are right now. Praying. Asking the Father to show you the way out of that temptation. Repenting coming back to Him and and putting that away to never go there again. Because you're no longer yours. You're His. You're Christ. So as we stand and as we sing and we respond back to Him in worship, you do business with God right where you are. Maybe you need to come down front and you need to pray and that's where you need to be, you come. Maybe you need to come talk with me and I'll pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, may this be the day, may this be the moment that you come to know Him. He loves you and desires for you to know Him. Father, would you move? As we sing, as we stand, and Lord, as we respond back to you with With song, as we respond back to you in prayer, would you move in us in Christ's name? Amen.